0: We are recording, All right, ladies and gentlemen. For this episode of the podcast, we are going to check in with Coach Laurel. Coach Laurel is; uh, she leads the Tuesday night group. She can often be found participating in other groups, helping other groups, coaching athletes. And today, we're just going to chat, get to know her, see what Laurel's all about. I know she's got a dog, um, and 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 I know she's 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 an excellent athlete. And uh, let's find out more, Laurel. Thanks for taking the time to chat.
1: Thanks, Rob. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's it's, it's my pleasure. I have a quick question before we get started. Did you win your treadmill bid at the auction from Fortius?
1: I did not. So as you know, my partner, Lee, he also runs a model marathon. And uh, sometimes I have plans without totally thinking about how it will work in our life. So I was about to bid on a treadmill and he asked a really good question, which is where are we going to put the treadmill? (laughs) And I didn't have a great answer. So I did not.
0: Uh, Yeah. So for people looking for context here, Fortius was an excellent uh, sports facility in Burnaby, but maybe they were punching above their weight or something, but they went bankrupt and there was an auction for all sorts of stuff. And there was treadmills and spin bikes. And I too made some bids and I did kind of, Kind of what you were doing, but I went further, whereas I bid on a fridge because we need a new fridge. And so I bid on this really nice stainless steel fridge. And then after I put my bid in, I went and measured our fridge nook and the fridge would not fit. So the fridge I (laughs) bid on did not, would not fit at all. And I was like, oh, Jen, I bid on this fridge and it's awesome. It's what we wanted, but it's, it's too it's too big. I was like, do you think we could make our fridge nook bigger? And she was like, no, absolutely not. So oh, uh, man. fortunately about t- 30 minutes ago, I got a, I got a notification saying I was no longer leading that, that auction.
1: So, oh, what a relief. That's good.
0: Yes. I was quite relieved. I also relinquished the lead in the two other things I bid on. I'm not very good at auctioning. I got all excited and, all <laughs> and then everyone comes in last minutes and outbids you. So I wasn't very savvy. So I'm hey, not getting time. a fridge a power saw or a spin bike which is probably okay
1: well <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that they also have some really great office chairs and or yoga mats which I'm pretty sure you have got covered but hey if you want to feel like a winner that might that might be a way to go
0: there was all, there was a tub of hot sauce I saw I do <laughs> hot sauce, so some Frankies we get to lots of lots of beds and TVs I almost been on a TV but Jen gets mad at me because I buy t- new TVs all the time because TVs are so cheap these days. I'm like, I'll, yeah. be, I'll be at like the store. and I'll be like, oh my gosh, that TV's only $300. I'm going to buy it. And then I buy it and Jen's like, why'd you buy a new TV? So. Oh
1: my gosh, that's so great. Well, good thing Jen's in your life, probably for lots and lots of reasons, but also just to imagine what your house might be like if it was just you. A lot of TVs, a fridge right in the middle of the living room, maybe. <laughs> that's living the
0: bachelor dream. Someone else's
1: hot sauce. Ah, uh, just
0: yeah. I mean, you need to be. I need a new fridge to keep all that hot sauce I'm going to be buying, right? Absolutely. All righty. So anyways, I digress. Um, Coach Laurel, tell us about how you came into endurance athletics. Um, What was little Laurel like as an athlete, as a child, were you active? Were you always in the sport? What was your introduction to endurance athletics?
1: Yeah, good question. So my parents were runners. Um, and actually when I was really young, maybe five or six, they unknowingly, uh, they went on a vacation to Hawaii and they went to the island they went to Kona and they happened to go to Kona during the Ironman world championships. So they, they got there and they were sort of wondering like, well, who are all these fit people, what is happening? Um, and so they saw Ironman... World Championships in Hawaii live um, on a vacation by accident. So they came home and they told they told me and my brother about it. Like we saw this thing. It was crazy. People were biking all day and then running marathons in Hawaii. And it was hot. And so, so I heard about it when I was a kid. And then we started watching it every year on TV. And we even started going to Ironman Canada in Penticton and volunteering and watching it live as well. So probably from like a young, like maybe when I was nine, I was pretty sure I wanted to do an Ironman. And of course, being nine, I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be the best Ironman athlete in the world ever and win them all. Um, So it kind of started there. (laughs) But I didn't know know what was involved in that kind of sport. I just watched people cross the finish line and they look like they looked – just savagely exhausted but also like so proud and I'd never sort of I didn't know how to put words to what I saw but I was pretty sure I wanted that um so yeah so that's sort of where I started I ran in elementary school Leah Pell's a a Canadian Olympian came to my elementary school and talked about her preparation for the Olympics and she was sort of this like strongest woman I had ever seen. She's pretty, pretty muscular in the day. And so I, uh, I was, I, I think I started running then and I might've done my first like jingle bell 5k, you know, the ones where they give you bells to put on your shoes. Uh, <laughs> I think I had to, I had to like walk a bunch. Um, but I was so proud of myself that I wore the bells to, to school the next day. And I, I actually had to, I got talking to, i had to take them off because they were distracting in class um but yeah it kind of it kind of started there I also grew up dancing I think that's an important part um I saw always. I guess tv is a theme I saw river dance on tv when I was in high school uh and a you friend of, dancing? yeah a friend of I and I were like we could probably do that so we <laughs>
0: I like your confidence I like your just your naive confidence as a kid
1: yeah yeah I, I mean it's kind of I don't, I don't, I'm maybe less naive and less confident, but more of a curiosity of now, like I see something and I think, you know, I wonder if I can do that. And that's usually um, where it starts. So I had a, I ran and I, I did many different kinds of dance, but then really got competitive in the Irish dance circuit after seeing river dance. And I went to things like North American championships and world qualifying rounds. In Irish dance, while I also ran throughout high school.
0: No, oh, wow! See,
1: yeah,
0: I learned something already. That's super interesting. Uh, that that world of Irish dance. Um, yeah. So how how long are do you still partake in Irish dance?
1: No, no, I, I don't. Um, but you know, like you practice those sort of rhythms. I don't know if you've seen things like Riverdance and Lord of the Dance. Like you practice them over and over and over again. I could probably, I could probably still figure it out. It would look, it would look bad. It would look like a, someone in their, in their thirties who mostly does endurance sports forwards trying to look like a dancer, but I, I could probably figure it out.
0: I, you know, I, I figure that lore of the dance stuff would be helpful for for speed work because you're so light on your feet. You're just, you know, it's just, it's like, it's extensive plyometrics. Py- py- so you could have yeah. really turnover.
1: I mean, I used to call them fancy hurdles when I used <laughs> to run, um, when I used to run in track and cross country in high school, you know, coaches were like, what is this thing that this other thing that you're doing? I was like, well, it's sort of like we wear like glitter and dresses and we do lots of quick feet and basically pretty fancy hurdles. Yeah. You know, was a big part of it. I remember my first, my first week of trying to become an Irish dancer. And I was, I mean, I was terrible. Some of the kids in the class have been doing it since they were little and they were still little, like they maybe maybe like seven there. I was in high school with a dream, um, just try, trying it out being terrible. Um, and I would come home and I think like my calves would cramp up while I was asleep, like a lot. Um, uh, while I was sort of getting used to this jumping on my tippy toes.
0: As you would, is there, is there strength training or cross training involved in Irish dance? Like, you know, when you're, when you're training for running, you'll do some strength or core. Is, is that an element of it?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Well, so I can't speak for everyone. Um, but what we did, um, we sometimes cross-trained with Pilates. Mm. I did some Pilates reformer and that's the that Pilates bed. Yeah. Um, we would always do some version of core training. Like it was a lot of like sit-ups and leg lifts and, and, I mean at the time I was always were like, Oh, practice. Like we just have a practice of hours of figuring out dancing and be sweaty. And then we'd have to finish with like our Core work and it was a it was a chore back then and now that I'm a coach I definitely understand why and how it was helpful but yeah yeah so kind of
0: yeah well that's super interesting mm-hmm. do you ever do you ever the last question about river dance do you ever like you know before covid when you go out to a bar or something you have a few drinks would you ever you know get out there and 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 dust it off on the dance floor
1: um short short answer yes <laughs> long, long answer we actually performed I actually performed in bars and pubs is probably not okay to say on a podcast um, during, on St. Patrick's Day every year as a part of our fundraising for our club or our, our little dance tribe and so I kind of like I definitely went to like Irish pubs in Vancouver before I was old enough often you were the entertainer to raise, to raise money for the yeah. kids this yeah. is for the kids i was one of those kids
0: sacrifice yeah nice yeah that's so exciting i mean exciting i know i'm exciting that's so interesting um yeah i just, <laughs> I, just, I, just I i love that I, I i went to, i went to school and i went to school in colorado which is which has like it's on the and where i went to school was like the border between the mountain the mountain folk and the and the and the, and the plains folk the, the the ranchers and the farmers and we go yeah. to cowboy bars and because cowboy bars had really cheap beer because cowboys like cheap beer. And there would be these big, burly, like, dudes wearing their, like, full-on Stetsons and, like, they're, you know, they, they were cowboys. And they were, like, guys, guys you wouldn't want to mess with. And then they would play the country music. And these guys could dance like none other. Like, their line dancing skills, yeah. they would get on that floor. And they were impressive, like, the way right. they moved. And it was it – was, you just would never expect it. And, uh, and they would dance us off the floor. Because-
1: oh, I get it. My, one more Irish dance thing. One of my proudest moments was I, I helped sort of core, uh, choreograph one of our dances. It started with us doing line dancing. Started with everyone doing line dancing. And then the music switched. We threw our cowboy hats off. And then it became Irish dancing. It was pretty great. Sounds I, like crazy. I remember it being really, really awesome. I don't, I don't know what it was really like, but I was like, I thought we, we like, we'd really made it in life.
0: Well, it sounds awesome. So I'm, I'm, yeah. sure, I'm sure it was. I'm sure everyone there was was thrilled with the switch yeah. up, you know, <laughs> it takes this in a different direction. Um, really. So obviously, when you were a child, you partook in dance and and running. Mm-hmm. Um, and what? So what was the trajectory of your triathlon ambitions as you went through high school and you and developed? Further
1: as yeah. It came in. yeah, good question. I um, I was pretty sure when I was in high school that I was going to run track in university. And as I was getting close to graduating and, and going to university, I had sort of acceptance onto track teams. And I was about to, I was like, okay, here we go. I'm gonna, gonna be a track athlete now. And then it, it was part of my passion and part, like a little bit of fear as I was getting into university, I had the thought of like, I don't actually love running on a track day in and day out. Um, And I also probably in the back of my mind when I know now, I didn't know then, I was also a little bit afraid of like, what if I'm bad at it? Mm -hmm. Um, So more on the side of, I don't know that it's my jam, but a little bit of that, I decided not to because I was so enamored with Ironman, and I look back and I think, you know, what would what would have my university experience been like if I had done track? And, I mean, it probably could have been really awesome, but that's that's not where I went. So, I uh, yeah, I signed up for my first Ironman the the age like the earliest age you could, which I think is eighteen. Um, and then I started biking, and I actually broke my elbow on one of my first rides, clipped in. So that was that. And then I had elbow surgery. Now there's a little, little pin in it. Um, (laughs) it was pretty bad. Uh, and then the next year I signed up again and, um, I did everything. Like I I was so enamored with what, you know, professional triathletes were doing and I didn't, I didn't have a coach. So I, I did everything like I had too much, too soon, too fast. And by March, and I think the race was in August, like I was so injured. So take two and then take three. I think I signed up the year I was 20 and I barely trained for it, but I was like, you know what? I got to do this Ironman. I got, and I'm going to move on with my life. So I did, I did Ironman Canada and Penticton in 20, uh, I don't even know, years ago um, when I was 20. Um, I finished in the dark. My parents volunteered that year. Uh, And I was like, woof, that is out of my system. Never, ever am I going to do something that painful ever again. Um, And then so I spent years doing other things. Like I did sort of some ultra running, um, ran through uh, the Grand Canyon, the Rim to Rim to Rim. Yeah, I did. um, I went to Mongolia with two friends and we ran through the Gobi Desert. Um, And then um, a couple years ago, my dad was doing Ironman Canada in Whistler, the first year they had it in Whistler. And I watched him and he had just, he had really amazed himself in the result that he had gotten. And I thought, you know, like, maybe I could give this another chance. And so I, I started training for Ironmans, and I did five more Ironmans. Ironman Canada a few times, Ironman Cozumel in Mexico. And then I also um, in 2016 went to Ironman Hawaii World Championships, which was such a freaking dream come true because I'd seen it on TV when I was a kid. And I actually remember being teary about the places that I got to like on the bike ride when I got to, there's a famous turnaround in Javi. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm here. I'm doing the turnaround. so yes, yeah, so it was such a cool experience. Um, and then I think I did another Ironman the year previously of uh, the year after, and then I started running with mile marathon.
0: Wow. That's, that's really, really cool. I, I, I didn't know you did Kona.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like, it was amazing. That is
0: wow. Um, cause I remember as a kid, right. They would always show it on NBC and they did such a good job of storytelling that and like, when they're running through the lava fields and it's and it's just so dramatic and it's just it's so intense and always like it's so hot it's so hot these people are all so hot
1: it's it's so like so the coverage of Iron Man just puts it up there like it is like it's so they make it so epic um and so I had grown up like having that coming in and I was like I gotta I gotta be there so I was um and i'll tell you one of the things that i did when i got to hawaii for this race i was so pumped i was also tapered and you know that invincible feeling when you are tapered i made some decisions with that feeling um and then so i had actually signed up for a regner relay the weekend after kona still in kona because <laughs> i walked into the run store like the big island running company and uh they were like hey are you going to be around next weekend and I was like, "Yeah." They're like, "Could you be on a team? We're looking for a bonus person." I was like, "Yeah, I can," because I was feeling amazing and hadn't done an Ironman yet. So, I actually had to suffer through that one too. <laughs> also, in the Energy Lab, which made me think of it.
0: Gosh, that sounds something awful. <laughs> so, I, I like that you've taken you, you've taken some of these lessons that you've experienced in running, and then you can you can use them in your coaching. Uh, yes. Yes. I get that all the time where people want to like, I'm going to do this and the next week. I'm gonna do that. I'm like, you shouldn't do that the next week. Don't do that the next week. That's an awful idea. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so what was your strongest element of triathlon? I know all triathletes, you know, some of them are really strong swimmers. Others are bikers, but did you have a, did you have a strongest element or were you more like just crushing them all?
1: Yeah. Uh, great question. I wouldn't say I was crushing them all. Um, so I would say from a, from a time perspective, swimming is probably my best in an Ironman. Um, I, uh, in, in the university, I actually started coaching swimming, like swim club. That's where I first became a coach I, um, I wasn't, a, I didn't grow up swimming, but I sort of did all the lifeguardy training and a, a family friend had asked me, you know, could you coach our kids swim club? And I was like, I don't know anything about swimming. Um, but she's like, but you know, about people and you know, about coaching and teaching. And so you can learn swimming. And so that actually sent me down a trajectory to become like a pretty, a pretty decent swimmer myself while re- learning how to coach swimming. So probably swimming is my best. I'd love to say running is my best. Technically it is, but I haven't yet mastered getting off of a bike ride in an Ironman, half Ironman. I'm better um, without feeling super terrible and having a bit of a stomach cramp.
0: Yeah, that's that's a, that sounds like a nightmare. Uh, my brother <laughs> lives in, my brother lives in Pemberton, and they yeah. do, and they do the bike down uh mm-hmm. down Meadows Road, and he lives off Meadows Road. Um, and we'd go and we'd, we'd watch the bikers go by and everyone at that point, it's a weird part in the course. It looks like people just are not, they're over it pretty much. But then when you drive back into town and see the people doing the marathon after being out on the bike, yeah. like that, that marathon during an Ironman just seems like you just never feel good. Is it, is it like just a survival thing at that point? Is it like, now I just got to drag my butt 42 kilometers and finish this thing up?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it, I, I would say kind of, it's like, I couldn't tell you, like you kind of, you have to start a marathon in the middle like in the, in the afternoon. So even just doing that alone is, is weird, but like, there's something about being in an Ironman that you don't even think about it. Like it's a full marathon. When you get off a bike to run, like it feels terrible for everyone. Yes. Like no matter how fit you are, it's, it's, it's bad times for the first couple kilometers. And I find like, I would just sort of run and think like, Oh my gosh, like how I'm, how am I going to run 42 kilometers? And then my, my auto lap would go off and I'd have run run, one. And I'm like, well, I guess I, I only have to run 41. And then you kind of like, it's, it's crazy, but it's it's just, that's sort of how you think about it. Like, okay, well now I, I only have 39 to go. Um, and it feels like, again, like I've watched the Iron Man World Championship recap on TV and it's, so you kind of think that it looks like that. You're like, I must, this must look so epic. But the reality is that you're shuffling in a unitard in the <laughs> afternoon <laughs> from aid station to aid station. Like some people are going really fast, but it's certainly not as fast as you could just run. So that's not lost on me that I'm like, I think it looks awesome, but I, I'm, I'm familiar with what it really is. And people tell you, you look great. Uh, but you don't. They're liars. Yeah. Liars. They're,
0: they're absolute liars. Well, that's the thing yeah, on, on the TV. You don't get like four hours of suffering. You get like, this person's having a tough time cut to them finishing and being triumphant. And so you miss totally. it. What about, um, what are your thoughts on the leotard side of things because oftentimes obviously that's that's the that's the uniform of the triathlete but then i'll go to like a marathon or a half marathon and then people will be rocking their 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 iron man leotard for a run only event yeah. um have you ever done that or do is that like is that a i don't understand it why they would do that is there a rhyme or reason to that is it just to get familiar with running in the leotard or what
1: yeah good question and i i'm gonna ask you the same question back because I I've seen runners that I'm pretty sure are just they just run very fast like even at the first half half marathon in Vancouver last year I think a couple of the people who guys who were at the front they were wearing they unitards
0: yeah they were in the speed suits
1: yeah. yeah so there must be there must be something about wearing running in a unitard but so I would practice running in that unitard and I'd probably put a shirt on top in training um, yeah. because i would feel self-conscious but some people like I, I think they're they feel proud and they and they want to try racing in it um but i i don't i don't even always run the marathon in that, in an ironman in that suit does it sometimes have i get pad? up
0: does it have the butt pad for the for the bike
1: some of them do some of them don't
0: yeah maybe nice if you could take yeah. that because that seems that seems like yeah run
1: I always pack a bonus run outfit in my, in my bag for the run and for an Ironman, just in case. Sometimes you get off a bike, like you don't know what five to six hours of biking is going to be like. And I'm like, get me out of this thing. I want something else or, or you're good. Um, But yeah. So have you raced in a speed suit though?
0: I've raced in half tights, but I've never worn like a full on speed suit. I remember when I, when I made the, uh, when i was racing in the world championships in berlin when i went and picked up like my, my athletics canada team kit they had given me a speed suit and i was like i was like why like what do you want me to do with this it was what the sprinters wore and the people with big muscles and i put it on and it i looked i looked ridiculous but it had turned out they had accidentally given me that i wasn't supposed to get it so i had to
1: re- oh.
0: I, I had to return it but so no i've never i've never raced in, in the speed suit um, just just the half tights yes
1: Got it. Should we, um, are you open to it? Like, is this going to be a part of the new uh, mile marathon kit? I, th-
0: I think, I think it should. Now that, now that we got some new partnerships, we can work on that. And I think it can be maybe the, the pivot we need to really go next level. Maybe next yeah. time, I do, uh, next, my next ultra or trail run, I'll, 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 I'll rock it.
1: Ooh, that is risky. Um, I imagine you may have to have a pit stop. I don't know if you do, but like that's that's the risk. So the 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 winning of a tri suit that is uh, that's one piece is that you're gonna go. It's it's fast, and if you have a white one, then it's nice and cool in the heat. But of course, the risk is if you gotta go, you're wearing a white unitard.
0: That's a good so. point. Yeah, the logistics of that are challenging. So
1: the risk big, win big, or lose super big.
0: Hey, go big or go home. Either way. <laughs> Either way. So yeah. after yeah. you crushed a bunch of iron bands. where'd you go to university, by the way?
1: I went to SFU. Simon Fraser. Oh, ah, no way. Yeah. Up on the hill. Up on the hill. Yep.
0: Right on. Keeping it local. So you started running with, with the mile to Marathon Group. When was that? 2017? Yeah. Because yeah. Lee, Lee's been around forever. Um, yeah.
1: Well, I mean, Lee really stands up. But what I will say is that I joined first. Okay. Then Lee joined
0: okay so
1: we we talk about this so like if we ever got in a fight like who gets them on the marathon and I'm like well I I was there first he's like well I, I think I've been to more practices than you so we've talked we've talked about it um well,
0: yeah. now you're running the Tuesday night group so yeah so we out of that group for sure <laughs> fortunately we've never we've we, we've never had that issue arise because no. a lot of times with run crews sometimes like two people meet at a run crew and then they'll get together and then they'll break up and the run crew's like shared property yeah I I had it in a little way when I was doing the group with Adidas and there was an issue like that and these people like called on me to like solve it and I was like you're both adults figure out your (laughs) shit I'm here to just tell people how to run I'm not gonna make a decision on who gets to come to the run group
1: yeah that's nice that they included you (laughs)
0: <laughs> I, I, yeah, it, it was, it was awesome. And it was funny because these people were like very successful professionals and, and I'm like, I'm a run coach. Like,
1: yeah. <laughs> be awesome. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, so yeah. So you run, you ran Mar- Miles to Marathon and you've always yeah. had this coaching background. Um, and what, what kind of goals did you have with your running as you, to join the group? What was your, what was your reason behind joining the group? What were you looking to achieve?
1: Hi, I was looking to achieve and I had never run other than when I was 18 and I followed like a, like a walk run run program to do my first marathon Um, way back when uh, I had never run just a straight up marathon really without it being a part of a triathlon. And I was pretty enamored with the idea that maybe just maybe I could break three hours in a marathon. And I also, you know, I do a do Vancouver local races, and I'd see all these super fast women who all knew each other. And I was like, how do they all know each other? Like, who are they training with? I need to be a part of that. Um, And so I, yeah, I came to a mile to marathon practice, Rob, you were actually coaching it. Sweet. Yeah, And the first workout was something like 12, 400s. And I was like, I haven't. I haven't run a 400 in a long time. Um, but yeah, so I, I came and I, what I loved was the the community. There's like, you know, the workouts were hard, but it was like a, you know, a team suffer. Um, we made each other better. And I was, you know, especially after doing so much training by myself through multi-sport, I was so into, into the group and the workouts and they made me nervous like a race. Um, but yeah, I was just really interested in like, what could I do? if I just ran specifically yeah. in a marathon.
0: Yeah. And then yeah. when I look, when I look back at mild the marathon, it's just like you and Leo, have has always been there. It's just like, yeah, yeah they, uh-huh. they've, they've always been there type thing. Um, so did you achieve your goal of running a sub three hour marathon?
1: I sure did. So um, Dylan uh, coached me at the time. He coaches me currently. We, I did the Eugene marathon um, in 2018 and I, uh, I broke three hours, but barely, and, uh, I made that race so hard for myself. I started, you know, you feel good at the beginning of a marathon, unlike when you bike beforehand. And <laughs> so I was, <laughs> I was in this pack with these women and, you know, I noticed we'd go by aid stations, uh, and they wouldn't use them, which yeah. should have been a sign because they were the elite pack who had their own aid stations. Hmm. So I started too fast, and, and one of the, so one of the women was like, you know, like the hardest part of this course is already over. Like the the first seven k is what's hilly, and I was like, I'm pretty sure no one says the first seven k of the marathon is the hardest part.
0: Yeah, that's, so, that's like the worst. I think she was trying to psych you. Out. Yeah,
1: I don't I don't know, but anyway, so I let I let them go, and uh, but I had I had buried myself just enough that. Um, You know, I did not meet my, my, my goal time. Um, And I had to do that mental math in the last half of like, you know, like how fast do I got to go? I remember running and being like, Oh my, like not having it in touch with time. Like I'm, I'm in a, I'm not even going to break four hours. Like my hotel's (laughs) over there. Like I should just go to it. Um, The guy in front of me, he kept like stopping to walk and stretch and everyone around me looked terrible. And then someone, some spectator was shouting out times and like our projected finish. And it was still under three hours or close to, and I was like, oh my gosh, okay. So so fast people look terrible too. Um, And so I just like, I ran as fast as I could Um, and I had sort of calculated that I just break three hours for 42 kilometers. I didn't quite think about it being Mm.
0: 0.2
1: and I had to sprint. And I think I made it with 13 seconds to spare. Um, and it hurt. (laughs) (laughs) I think Dylan was, he was proud of me. He's like, you know, girl, you did it, but like, man, you made it hard for yourself.
0: Uh, What was your, what was your half split during that race?
1: Oh, my half split. I think I'd sort of gotten back onto like my my um, uh, my my pace by half, um, and I, I actually don't remember. Maybe like one twenty seven or one twenty six. Unfortunately, I'll well, hate that I'm telling you this. We had a bad go, and I also passed him at the halfway, which made me super nervous that I was going way too fast. I had been anyway. So, what a what a ride! What a three hour ride!
0: It's awesome. <laughs> marathons are marathons like that. I've done the same thing where like I've been blowing up in a marathon, and I'm like, oh, I'm still gonna run two twelve. This is fine. And then across the line, I'm like two sixteen. What the hell happened?
1: And totally. You yeah. do.
0: You totally lose the concept of time and distance, and you're just in your own little world of just like I just want this to be over. I just want this to be over. I just want this to be over. This is the worst thing I've ever done. I'm never yeah. do it again. Yeah. Um, so after Eugene and, and you and you ran your and, and you ran that time. Uh, where do you go next with your running? What'd you go? what did you do next?
1: Yeah, I, um, I was the, the same thing if I crossed, I was like, never, ever am I doing that again. And then the next day I was like, but maybe I could do a marathon faster and smarter. Um, smarter.
0: yeah, yeah. It's nice to know yeah. that there's like, there's like things <laughs> can do this better. I can do this better. I can do this better. So I'm going to go do it
1: yeah yeah and so i had been um i'm still i'm still on that journey so one of the things that i wasn't great about is i let my enthusiasm for coming back and wanting more sort of override the fact that i wasn't feeling recovered and i had some aches and pains which is like this is the this is the great work of my life to to recognize that so i continue to help myself get a little injury after another after another um which you know hindsight you know I was I was really tired and, and pretty yeah. my body hurt but I was also so pumped that I could run a marathon faster um so yeah so I've been running halves I'd like to run a marathon when there's a the marathon start to run um yeah and I, I can be I can be patient about that
0: there you go well it sounds like throughout your journey as an athlete there's a lot of takeaways you've you've experienced right there's like it comes to coaching there's the science side of things and there's like the chemistry that's going to happen within the body but then there's also the mental and the experiential and like like this is what i've you know the the experiences help a lot with coaching so it sounds like you've gone through a lot of that within your own running and then you have since transitioned into coaching with mild to marathon Mm -hmm. uh most notably leading the tuesday group and it's been so good to have you so how did that transition into run coaching happen and what are your goals as run coach? Um, Yeah. So tell us, tell us a little bit about that came, how that came together.
1: Yeah, you bet. I am, you know, quite, quite frankly, I missed, I missed coaching. So I, like I said, I had coached, I started coaching swimming in university and continue that for quite a bit of time transitioned into triathlon coaching while I was doing triathlon and then you know through having like a day job and through my own training I sort of set that aside and I realized like that was the the best part of being a part of the sports community is partnering with people on goals that they're excited and scared about and having them you know be able to like realize these things that they thought you know maybe just maybe or That could be that's impossible, and so I just really missed working with people in that way. Um, So I sort of, you know, I asked. I think it was Dylan and maybe Tony at the time. Like, do you need another coach? Like, here's here's what I here's what I'm like as a coach. Here's what I care about. Um, And is that you know? And I haven't been to the Olympics, which you know maybe that's a precursor for for coaching here. Um, You know, can I can I can I coach? And so and so yeah, we made that happen. And, um, you know, what is, what are my goals with coaching? My goals with coaching are really, you know, I love working with people through sport. I think I know for me, sport has been my biggest teacher in my life. And so like, you just, like we're talking about, like you, you meet yourself when you are at the end of a race and it hurts. And, and you have to make those day, like those minute to minute, second to second choices of like. Who are you going to be and what are you going to do in that moment and i just think that's so powerful and so like as a coach you know i want to i want to help people you know basically become better stronger more compassionate to themselves humans through sport and i also want to help them go super fast you know yeah. Yeah. um and in a sustainable way you know what i you know, know about myself is you know there's the there's the career that there's the sports career you can have when you're young you know, and there's also like being a lifelong athlete and people being able to have their faster times ahead of them, even into like their thirties, forties, fifties beyond. And so that's what I I really care about people having like that sustainable success.
0: Yeah, that's a great answer. That's a really good answer. I love that part about meeting yourself when things are really down, right?
1: You you meet you, you know,
0: (laughs) it absolutely, there's no hiding, right? Um, yeah. So, and then, so you run the Tuesday night group with Miles to marathon. Um, so tell us a little bit about kind of like the purpose and the structure and how that group looks, because eventually we are going to get back to group practices. And I think when we get back to group, I think a lot of people have been leaning into their running during this pandemic. It was super interesting when it first happened. It was like, you know, as, as someone who's a coach, obviously we're both coaches. It's like, where is running going to fit with people during this time? Um, there's so much going on. There's so much uncertainty. So I just talked to a lot of my athletes. I was like, like, what does this look like for you? Like, there's no races to be run. There's like craziness going on. There's unemployment. There's this and everything else. Where's running? And, and a vast majority of them are like, my running is my, that's like their safe space almost. Like that's their time. That's their element of their life. They can control. That's something they're leaning into. And it became physical, but also a big mental, um, which has been awesome. Um, and I think that when we get back into things that people are going to hopefully be leaning back into running and there. So a lot of people hopefully found their more love for running during this. So Tuesday nights are going to be there. What is, what does a Tuesday night at the track with Malta marathon look like?
1: Yeah. Great question. Um, I, well, it is, you know, it is a, a group of people like we always, we do, we do a good, hard workout that you can really join, whether you're, you know, you're super fast and you're running your 11th marathon or you're new, uh, you're, you're new to formal sort of group workouts. I'd say formal, like, you know, with times and distance, not like we're wearing business attire. Um, But uh, (laughs) I mean, I guess you could. Uh, So, um, and it's really designed to be um, accessible for those who are new, newer, Um, and also like a really great workout for those like Tuesday night, it's just the the time that works for them. And so we have a really great, um, variety of, of speeds and distances that people are working on. Generally, it's a smaller group, though. If I hype it a lot, then, you know, maybe it'll be bigger, but it's sort of smaller by design. Um, so there's more one-on-one time. Um, and it feels, you know, it feels like a, like a, a great place to, to join, um, versus maybe like an 80 person track workout.
0: Yeah. And that's yeah. and yeah, I, I really like um the kind of the group you have there. They seem like a very tight knit, supportive group of athletes. And it, it's I feel Tuesday vibes are, are pretty strong. And like you're saying, yeah, it's it's a bit different because sometimes on those Wednesdays when we could, we would have eighty. I think we had over hundred people at a few workouts. And being a coach there is just like, I just hope nobody dies. yeah
1: make good choices
0: yeah and i'll be like i'll be like i have athletes in here and i'm gonna try but like i'm just i was like this is this is crazy and there's soccer balls going everywhere it's like i'm gonna check people's training peaks after the workout uh but yeah it was it was hard to be super present sometimes with that so it's nice to have those smaller groups and i think moving forward i mean smaller groups are gonna have to be a necessity due to health and safety and everything like that but i think there'll be a benefit when it comes to the coach athlete relationship there too um so yeah It'll, yeah. we'll be back and things will look interesting and, and maybe may a little bit different.
1: We um, will be back. But yeah, that group is so, it's so awesome. Like I feel like they hang out and then like I get to hang out with them. Like I'm invited, um, <laughs> <laughs> but they, um, they, yeah, they're super encouraging and um, connected and welcoming. I would say, you know, so is every other practice of Mala Marathon. Like that is definitely who we are. Um, and you can really feel it. When it's a smaller group, mm-hmm. um, not to say that it doesn't exist. Like I think that like our, our runners are, you know, you know, like come with me, join our group, like welcome. Um, and when it's eighty people, like that might not be the place you start, or it is. I don't know.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's 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 good to have options. But I, I love the camaraderie and the friendships that have formed to the group. It's been one of the most unexpected, but also rewarding things from, from our group is, is those relationships that people take off track, um, which is, which is really cool. I also wanted to talk briefly a little bit because I know professionally you, you're kind of in like people management, um, you know, and you've been helping mile to marathon, you know, with this challenging thing of identifying and trying to do something about the lack of accessibility, the lack of diversity within the run space. And can you talk a little bit about, I mean, we don't have concrete answers, but kind of the process of making running more inclusive from our from our side of things.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not an expert in this space, but have been doing some work, you know, within Mala Marathon and with some other people outside of Mala Marathon and really, you know, our, our goals are, you know, and these aren't like the commitments on our website, like, you know, written in stone, but our, our goals are pretty simple. That that Mala Marathon is an inclusive environment, really representative of all of the communities that we host practice in. Um, and, and, and there are lots of different steps and, and ways that we're, you know, we're sort of exploring how we might do that. And it's really so that, you know, it's a, it's an everyone place, um, whether, you know, you're from like a different, you're a different background, different speed, um, all the ways in which you know we we're we're showing up and and we're just really looking at how that how practice can be more accessible and like you know in terms of like you know who are our coaches like are they are we really representative of of the communities we operate in like right right now probably no
0: yeah absolutely and
1: um you know and also like where where do we host practice is it somewhere that you know everyone can get to is it at a time that that really works you know how is it how is it hosted and so those are you know really everything is on the table for us to be able to say um for us to you know feel like we can honor that commitment of of, of inclusion um wherever we can
0: yeah yeah we we, we have to be better and um, mm-hmm. I'm hoping that we can continue the conversation and actually have actionable actionable steps um yeah. and it's not easy um but it has to be done type thing. Right.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. Well said.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you for, for, you know, talking to us about that a little bit. So as before we wrap things up, I'm to do a little bit, of, I'm gonna do a little bit of rapid fire. Okay. Um, cool. to this point in your, in your athletic career, what has been your, in your opinion, your finest performance in anything, this could be a dance competition. This could <laughs> be a swimming competition. Like what is your, what is your pinnacle athletic performance up to, in this point to your, to your life?
1: Oh man, I would like a couple, I have a favorite races that I think I I did really, really well in. So from a triathlon perspective, there was a half Ironman in Victoria that I had a great swim, a great bike and a great run. Um, and every sort of each time in each area was like, I felt really proud of it and it came together in a good performance. Um, and it's funny, those are the races that usually, you know, they feel easy and you look back, you're like, I could have gone faster, but Honestly, like when you're in, when you're in your flow, that's sometimes you just go so fast. Um, and some of our, I would say our, uh, my first, the first half half marathon in Vancouver is my favorite running race. And I feel, um, a couple years ago, I, um, I, I ran a, a breakthrough time for me and I was, it was just such a, so awesome. Sorry. That was not rapid fire. I'll be fast. I that, that,
0: that's good though. I, I, the first half has always been a very special event for our group. People yeah. go out there and they crush it, and it, it's 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 this. You know, we'll have like 60, 70 athletes on that line, and like a vast majority of them will get PBs. And it's always so. It's always such a cool event. So yeah, definitely massive shout out to uh, Van Run and the the first half half marathon, which used to be Pacific uh, Sport or Sports specific or
1: distance, yeah, whatever. Yeah. It's yeah, not that, that. Much, so. <laughs> That's that. Shout out, all to you right. folks.
0: So next up you have past experiences. What is a bucket list event that you want to complete and do before you, uh, before you get old and die?
1: Yeah. Okay. There are, there are two, uh, one is a triathlon it, called the Norseman. Okay. Um, it is like an Ironman distance race. Um, and it is so brutal. Like you're dropped in cold water. At, like, I think, I think it's in Norway and so hopefully that, that's right. You're dropped in cold water in the dark and you have to swim to shore. And then the bike ride is like long and brutal and hilly. And the, and the marathon at the end is like, basically finishes like the grind and it takes forever. And, and I'd love to do that. Um, and I- <laughs>
0: <laughs> they are so dumb. <laughs> you just like explained like torture and you're like, then I, I want to do that. Yeah,
1: then like that would be really pleasing for me. Yes. <laughs> um, I, uh, I'd really love to do a multi-stage running race. Mm. And so there's some few that when they exist and new ones will crop up, but something like um the Trans Rockies run, which is a trail run of over a few days. I've never done anything like that. And I think it'd be so cool.
0: Yeah, that would be a really cool thing. Because I guess this is like looking into new areas of, of the sport. Um, what is your go to pre uh, this is a common question that we get all the time. So I want to know your pre race meal. If you're talking the night before a marathon, what are you eating?
1: Yeah, night before a marathon, it's usually it's probably something I, I often eat sushi before races. And when I say that, people are like you eat raw fish before a race, and you just think that's going to be all right. And yeah, yeah, I do. So I think it it, it works. Like there's a lot of starches, a lot of like rice and vegetables. And um, yeah, that's what I do.
0: It's very BC of you. Yeah, <laughs> just go crush some crush some sushi. <laughs> Um, if you could go for a run with any one person, who would that person be?
1: Oh boy. I don't know. There are so many. I would say, um, who, uh, who, what is it? Is it Lindsay? I'm, I'm all about, uh, Lindsay, um, Krauts right now. Do you know who that is?
0: Yeah. She's the writer for the New York times. She does. does, She's a, she's an excellent writer and she's, she's awesome. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So writer for the New York times has broken some really important stories in sport and specifically running um, and women in running.
0: Right. Did she do the Mary Kane Kane story? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think that she, um, I think how she sees the world is powerful. And I would just, you know, I want to, I want to listen, I want to listen to that and ask questions.
0: You want that Ted talk? Yeah, totally. So I run through Central Park with her would be pretty darn cool. eh?
1: It'd be pretty great. I could probably like when it's time, I could probably go to New York and and actually make that happen. I think she's like, pretty, I imagine she's pretty friendly. So
0: well, when when the board is open, Go yeah. down there. coach i'm sure coach kate has knows her ish maybe I, she, don't
1: I think she does so you know this could be this could be a reality for me part two on the podcast how it went <laughs>
0: <laughs> rolled up on her shoulder I
1: was like
0: hey i'm laurel <laughs> um you know you know a couple of years ago you've probably got this question before when there was that internet challenge where it was like laurel yanny Laurel like oh yeah what you heard have you ever introduced your someone your name to someone and been like hi I'm Laurel and then they called you Yanny because they heard it differently
1: Is that, <laughs> does that work like that <laughs> no that has never happened but it was pretty cool like for a second in time I was like "My, I'm trending on Twitter <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so that's never happened but for for a while I was like I was a little bit um like falsely popular. People would ask me, like ask me because my name's Laurel what I thought it was. Like like my ears were were better for having the name, but yeah. Yeah. ride that (laughs) wave.
0: Ride that wave. Yeah. Awesome. Um thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to chat with us today. Um do you have any do you have a sign off? Do you have anything, any tidbits or anything we missed that we should probably clear up before we get going?
1: Any oh, nothing. Shout
0: you want to, any shout-outs you want to make?
1: Oh boy. Well, yeah. I mean, shout out to our to our mile to marathon and running community in general. You know, we're we're not to get too sentimental, but like we're apart but together. And you know, we we see like I, I see you out there. You see me out there. And that has been so like that has been so great for me. Just to know like we're all. It would be ideal if we could run together, um, and and what's been so great is to know that we're all out there and I see you on Strava. I see you on the seawall, see you in training peaks and, and that, that matters to me. Yep. Um, so yeah. Awesome. So see yeah. you in real life soon. I hope.
0: Absolutely. And it was, it was great to see you and Lee out there on the, with Lobos out there on the beach when I was running my hundred K I S I saw you and things were still going well. And then you guys yeah. left and I, I turned it, I crumbled. So.
1: yeah that was awesome Rob that was really incredible when I think about like you know you're giving me like you tease me lovingly about like doing crazy painful things and I would say like you are you're really you're a champion of wondering like I wonder if I could do this and then just giving it a go even when it's like 13 13 Jericho beaches (laughs) so so I mean that was awesome
0: Thank you so much. I appreciate that. I mean, and, and life's for living. So it's, it's cool to experiment and explore those things. Um, and I guess with that, I'm going to say thank you again. Hope to see you out on the track again on a Tuesday night, on a Wednesday night. Hope to see all of you out there again, like your, your words are saying, right? We're in this together. It's more digital than we'd like, but we, we do, we do have our eyes on, on our, on our, on our training peaks and our Stravas and it's great to see people still out there moving and hopefully we can do it together. And until next time, everybody, Take care of yourselves, be safe, and respect your parents.